Hi guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of 343. I'm your host, AF. Uh, welcome back to Jason, Ronnie, and Mubin Ahmed. You guys doing good? It's been a, been a while, eh? Nice, nice recharge that we had over the past month. Yeah, yeah, it's been good, man. It's It feels somewhat weird to not have to think about, you know, discussion points. And now there's, there's also no, no footy happening. So maybe it's a bit quiet. Maybe it's sometimes good, sometimes bad. But yeah, it's been good just to switch off a bit, man. But now we, we're in that busy period again. Yeah, I, I was just looking at it uh, from the point of view as no disappointment so from our teams playing games. Yeah, <laughs> this I'm, actually I'm might be, a, yeah, this, a, this three could actually start up a support group. Maybe we get Zippy in it. Could you share yeah. tales? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe throw in John Shin as well. Hoping oh, to have oh, him on the pod again yeah. soon. Shout out John Shin, man. What a hilarious guy on Twitter. Yeah, thick thick thighs. Thick thighs. Thick leg fam. Thick leg fam. Shout out to thick leg fam. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, But yeah, today is going to revolve around some off-season chat. Obviously, there's no games yet. So uh, with teams going out in pre-season, possibly at the end of this week. I know Manchester United, they're starting their tour on, on Friday. I think they're leaving. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be chatting about what's been happening in the off-season, in the transfer window, how teams are shaping up, etc. So, uh, Jason, why don't you, you get us started on that? Yeah, man. I mean, some might call it exciting. Others really dread it with the number of rumours that circulate surrounding your clubs. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I think Mikel Arteta has been very clear about who he, who he wanted last season. And I think going into the end of last season, he sort of had a plan. Um, so far, it seemed good, man. Got Matt Turner all the way from the States. We got Fabio Vieira from Porto and just recently confirmed Gabriel Jesus. So that's three good signings. I think it adds good depth, it adds good value to the squad. Um, also, it's so unlike Arsenal to finalize the transfers like this early. Normally, it's either a deadline day swoop of like Mesut Ozil. Still remember that transfer, I think it was 2013, you know, like literally right at the end, and then we we finalizing that thing. Um yeah, wasn't there yeah, a tug of war between him and uh, between Manchester United and Arsenal for Uzel? I remember it was yeah. Deadlander and like things were going down, and I remember how disappointed I felt on that mm. day when he Yeah, so no, it was yo, so so once again in into our support group era now. Um I think that was one of my happier days, you know, signing Mr. Uzel from Real Madrid. And actually if you look at his career backwards, it's actually how it should have been, you know, he should have been at Fenerbahce, then he should have come to Arsenal, then ended at Madrid and then actually gone back to like either I think it was Schalke or Werder Bremen, whatever it is. Um but yeah, I it's it's been a good few weeks for us. Um there's still quite a bit of work that needs to be done because I was actually watching Arsenal's preseason friendly and some of these guys that were that have come back from loans, like I hardly recognize them. Pablo Mari, Ainsley Maiten, I was completely forgot he was on our books. Hector Bellerin, spoken these blocks. He yes, kept in the side. Kept in the side, playing in a pair of Mizunos straight out of Japan. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think once we can sort out those actually get those guys off if if they're not happy to stay and be part squad players, part first team players, then I think get them off and let's let's blood some new kids. Um so yeah, it's been good. 
Do you do you think Exabelin has a has a future at the club? I mean, he had a pretty good season out on loan last season. Um, I I think that he had a good season. Um, but I think he's he's almost fallen behind in that picking order. I think Tommy Asu now has has cemented that that first choice spot, barring any injuries. I think Cedric provides good cover both at left back and uh, right back as well. So. Hector, yeah, maybe it is actually time for him to spread his wings, you know, maybe he can go somewhere else and actually flourish, maybe going back to Betis and staying there permanently, being in Spain, maybe brings back some of that form that he previously showed and then potentially knock on a, on a national team call-up again. Um, I think he's, he's been a bit unlucky with injuries recently, but yeah, man, I just, he's, he's like one of the youngsters that, that came through and obviously watched him do well and then fall off a bit, so we wouldn't want him to stay there. Maybe he needs a Serge Gnabry type move away and he can actually find some form again. You become think... a superstar. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> do you do you think Gnabry makes the, the trick back to Arsenal? He, it sounds Yo, like he wants I, to leave Bayern. It, it sounds like he's real, like he's throwing like himself he, at us. He, he, he wants he, to leave. To, yeah, just have to swoop up. But it's... I think it would be interesting to see if he does come. I think the the big spanner maybe might be the Champions League, although Arteta seems to sell quite a quite a convincing project. Um, so I, I I personally love him to come back. Um, I've always admired him. I think he was just very un, unfortunate at the time when he broke into the team. There were guys like Walcott who were established names. You know, Oxford Chamberlain, whilst being a youngster, had established himself in that team. So it was just hard for him to actually cement something there, but. Sometimes going away, coming back helps, man. So I think maybe he should return home. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. It's it's depth in our squad. It means we can actually challenge a bit more. And hopefully if we do get into a race like we had at the end, we'd have some experienced guys who would actually be able to take us over that final step, you know, and that, that final hurdle. So I would yeah. love him. I'd absolutely love him. <laughs> Sounds good, man. And I saw that there was a, another another guy that you guys signed, Marquinhos. Yeah, but I think that's more for the for the long term. I don't think he'll have such a meteoric rise as uh, Martinelli had. Um, yeah. But I think the whole plan is to blood him in a bit and then play with the under-23s and then potentially loan him out in Jan, I think, just to get some of yeah. that experience and then come in next year. So It's a nice nice Brazilian core that's that's building the in, in, yeah. in, in the side. No, so. 100%, man. It's, yeah, it was first always, you know, Arsenal was French and then there was a big, strong core of English players and now we're just going to go Brazilian. So, yeah. quite <laughs> interesting to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, why not, man? Cool. Um, Ubin, what, what news do you have for us today? You can say what news pertaining to Manchester United do I have. It's fine. Mm. The, the, the listeners know I bump, in, <laughs> I bump into them on the streets and they're like... Why does he just let you speak about Manchester United? <laughs> well, to, to be to, to be fair, this time, like I, I didn't ask you to speak about Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> no, I prefer speaking about Manchester United. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, my well, back from what you can call our off season, bit of a break, like Jason said, reset, clear the mind, um, and then yeah, you come back and. You don't know what's happening with the transfers at Manchester United. Is it uh, a case of uh, meticulous planning? Are guys not just willing to come? A number nine wants to leave. 
Yeah. It's actually, 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 I think these, it's not a case of in the past maybe seven, eight seasons where we just threw money and stupid money at players to get one or two big names to come. Um, I think we actually, and I, th- I mentioned in our group when last week when um, Malaysia was sort of, his deal was hijacked and I said, I'm glad we didn't throw 50, 60 million at the player and we actually paid a decent fee and we hijacked the deal. Um, so I think, in my mind, we are kind of heading in the right direction. We're not overspending. Well, currently, we're not overspending. Um, again, we've, we've got a good deal with Ericsson, hopefully, on the horizon. I think uh, medicals and, and um, the contract just needs to be signed. And then, obviously, we're waiting on, on, on uh, Frank de Jong. I think that will probably pan out a while longer. Um, in terms of the add-ons, as I can understand that, that needs to be agreed. And I've got a feeling there's probably one more surprising signing, um, but that could probably happen down, down the, or closer to the end of the window. Um, but all in all, I, I think, I think that uh, the team there is it under control. Uh, Eric Denag, I think John Murdoch is, well, he, he seems to me like he's probably a tough negotiator. It's not an easy rollover and not someone that's just going to open the wallet to the checkbook, so to say, and just sign a check. So, yeah, um, yeah I think a lot, of, a lot of fans are like, well, everyone's signing players and, you know, clubs got their business done early. And I think there was a meme uh, with United. Uh, can't get to it now. It'll come to me. But I, I, I don't think there's, there's you know, need for panic. I think... I think they've got it under control. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you brought up John Murtaugh because compared to how United has, has done deals uh, in previous years, um, like with, with Woodward and Matt Judge doing uh, the negotiations, um, it seems like Murtaugh is waiting for other teams to bid four players that uh, United have their eyes on. And then like, okay, let's add uh, a couple of like extra millions to that. So if somebody bids 15 million, let's bid 18 million for it. They're going to take the bigger deal and we avoid the United yeah. tax. Okay. And yeah. uh, that's what happened with the Malaysia deal. And that's yeah. seemingly what's happening with Lisandro Martinez as well. Because apparently Arsenal bid, um, I think it was 32 million. And then United came in and they were like, okay, we'll give 40 million. And they're like, okay, like United's offering them more money. And it seems like yeah. Lissandro Martinez has that good relationship with Eric Tenag as well that might be able to get the deal over the line. Um, yeah. So it's like they, they, they are learning um, from their mistakes. I'm just worried about this whole uh, Frankie de Jong thing. It seems like it's, it's taking forever and there's so much focus on it. And I hope that it's not going to disrupt anything with regards to like pre-season planning. You know what? Yeah, that, from from an outside perspective, sorry, Mabin, it's just at I, I think bosses are they they literally trying to string you along because they they're obviously wanting to maximize what they can get for them yeah. for their current yeah. state. 
So I think this is going to go. And I mean, thankfully, preseason is only starting now. And there's still what? It's now the seventh. I think it's still about a month away. I think Frankie comes into Eric Denak's system. If he comes in with like a week or so before the season starts, I think that's also still okay. So, yeah, I think that one might be a bit longer and you'll just have to be a bit more patient. But if you if you pull that off, I'll absolutely hate it because I I love Frankie de Jong and I don't like United. So those things can't go together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Sorry, it's a nice little touch one. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah, no, no. I actually lost what I was going to say, but um, yeah, it's, it's also uh, you know away from United and just on the on the transfer window as well. It's been an interesting window. Um, like I said earlier, I think lots of clubs got business done early. Um, Liverpool one was was Darwin Nunes. I think that was an excellent signing um, very early on. Um, Arsenal, another team. Um, like you mentioned earlier, with those four signings. And then you look at Chelsea, so they also sort of come to the party late. Um, but I think they, well, from the feel that I get is that uh, the chairman, the, the Todd Bully, if I got his yeah. name correct, I think he's, he's more uh, aligned to wanting to make statement, statement signings um, instead of trying to actually look at what the squad needs, um, particularly up front, a nine, and, and signing someone that, 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 that the team actually needs. Um, but again, I suppose, you know, it's your first season. Um, yeah, so let's see what happens there. And then sort of, if you go lower down the table, there's, there's not much happening. I mean, um, I was reading up on the Everton transfers um, yesterday as... Yeah, I mean, they've lost quite a few players there. Richarlison, um, Sigurdsson, uh, Fabian Dahl. And, you know, there's nothing happening. There's <laughs> no one no one coming yeah. in. So, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, you know, with clubs like that. Lower down the table, Aston Villa being another one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's it's interesting that you mentioned like the the other teams in the window because like I mean in in general the window has been a good one and a lot of teams are strengthening um, like if I can handpick uh, my most impressive window so far it's been Spurs with with Conte I mean he's so far he's signed Perisic Fraser Forster Ives Basuma and Richarlison and it seems like he still wants more. Um, and there's also still a, a year left on Kulisevsky's loan. And they have the, the option to make that permanent at the end of the season as well. Um, so I think Spurs, Spurs is, is building a, a quite, a, quite a nice team. And it, it shows also because you haven't heard a, a peep about Harry Kane this entire window. So Conte must have sold him a dream over there, told him, like, I'm building this. I want you to stay here. If you if you stay with me, I can guarantee you're going to win something. And fair enough, you, you, must, you might have gone through the same thing with, with Jose Mourinho, but I feel like since Conte has taken over last year, November, like, he's seen the improvement and he's seen what can be at Spurs. So, um, I, like, thus far in the window, I'm calling Conte and Spurs the winner. So far, I mean, Liverpool's done some good deals with with Nunes, like Mourinho said, um, and Fabio Carvalho. 
and uh, Chelsea getting possibly possibly getting Sterling and Rafinha as well. I'm not sure if that Rafinha deal is uh, done yet or not, but um, no. yeah, like I, I, I think. I think he actually prefers to go to Barcelona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But uh, there's a lot know, of tug of wars going on. Yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. Which is which, which which is good. I mean, it makes for good. It makes for a good transfer window. You know, there's not just a, a, a one one club that comes in with, you know, a big paycheck and say, "Listen, you know, we're signing and that's it." You know, you got two or three clubs coming in, and and like you said, this is what I wanted to say earlier. Um, with the United thing, as we, like you said, Murtaugh's waiting and he's seeing, you know, what clubs are bidding for players. But we're not coming in with ridiculous amounts higher than what they are coming in. I mean, again, I'm going to use the Malasse example. I think Fayan, um, not Fayan, not um, Leon, uh, Leon put yeah. 13 million, or they put in an offer for 13 million plus add-ons and we got it at 15 plus add-ons. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not ridiculous money being thrown around this window. Yeah, I think it's like if you if you take uh, the Malaysia deal, the Ericsson deal, and Lisandro Martinez, that comes to about fifty five mil in total for three players, which is quite yeah, decent. Not a bad, yeah, yeah, not yeah. a bad window. Yeah, looking and, at those guys that you're actually picking up. Well, it'll be a it won't be a bad window if that happens. Let's say ideally they come yeah. and, and that's the figure, but it would be an excellent window if we could offload some players as well. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there, there were there were quite a few releases already, wasn't it? At the like at the end of last season, what Mata gone? Yeah, Cavani, Pogba, Lingard. Yeah, there's, yeah. And then yeah. and then now with this with this uh what uh with this new left back now? Sorry, I'm just losing my Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah, so, Malaysia. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Malaysia, so, so, so is, I mean, let me get used to saying his name. Um, who? Yeah, maybe Shaw goes. Yeah, we still have Brandon, Brandon Williams is on the book, but, books yeah. as well. So he, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think Brandon Williams goes. I think Juan Bissaka in, ends up going. Um, okay. uh, like yeah, that's, I think that's just. I think someone opinion. like Phil Jones, he needs to move on. Um, yeah, can't just keep him for yeah. the nostalgia of it because. <laughs> what, yeah. what nostalgia for the faces? For the faces. Yeah, for the faces. Plus, you have Van der Beek now. Van der Beek pulls even worse faces when he passes a ball and he does all that. Don't disrespect my man, okay? <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is uh, just what I'm seeing online. Um, but yeah, also, I mean, once you, once Ronaldo moves over to Chelsea, then it's like, yo, then you can, then Chelsea solves the number nine problem. You solve the, the challenge everything problem. Ronaldo, Ronaldo oh, taking the number nine at Chelsea will be the biggest challenge of his life. Playing down that coming number. Back to United to... Uh, no chance, bro. That From number nine at Chelsea. <laughs> that number nine at Chelsea yeah. is uh, the yours, like a massive cursed. voodoo doll. Yeah. Since uh, like who was the last person that actually performed in that number? I mean, there's, yo, there's been so many players yeah. that came there and that failed. Who was nine before Morata? Falcao, uh, isn't it? Falcao. Probably. Diego Costa was yeah. nineteen. Uh, he was nineteen. Drogba was eleven. Uh, I, think, I think maybe the last decent nine was probably Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Yeah. <laughs> and even <laughs> he could have been 11 as well. I'm thinking about yeah. it. Could have even continued nah, that, that number is cursed. So yeah. that will, if Ronaldo goes to Chelsea, that, but like, there's no chance you is anything other than seven. 
and Kante so, being the the nice humble guy that he is, will be like, okay, take it, it's fine. But isn't he? What is happening? He's supposed man? to be heading out as well. Kante is supposed to be the There hasn't been anything about Kante. Hmm. Like, like I haven't, yeah, okay. I haven't seen anything, and you know, like I, I, I trust my man uh, Fabrizio Romano, so like hmm. he, he hasn't said anything. So if he hasn't said anything and Ornstein hasn't said anything, then it's, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But then also, I think Chelsea also have a, a big conundrum in that they have to clear out their old squad because if you take all of their players coming back from loan and all these fringe players that maybe got some part minutes here and there. Like, I mean, Ross Barkley is still on the books, I think. And I think he actually needs to move away from Chelsea. Ruben Loftus cheek plays, yeah. then, he, then he's out for large spells. Then you've got guys that like Zia. drink water. Yeah, like. Is he still on the books? <laughs> no, I think, he's, I think he's gone. Is he done? I think he's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. He, he, yeah, he actually had. He was still there last season, season, though. Mm, yeah. 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 I think he was at reading and that stuff. But in his Instagram post, it was actually. Like very refreshing. He he actually stated that this whole move didn't work out for like e- like yeah. either of those parties and stuff. And it was it's actually nice, man. Sometimes players leave and they say, "Oh no, it was this and that." This yeah, guy yeah, called yeah. it as a teaser. He had issues off the field. He was fighting at pubs and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that was also. But I think if Chelsea signed Sterling and then they signed somebody else, we have to really start questioning because didn't they drop like I think it was eighty on Havertz. They spent quite a bit on Pulisic. They had Ziyech for like 50-something, Lukaku for... Fair enough for 50-something, yeah. And yeah. those guys, I think they were outscored by Mason Mount. One of, yeah. One no, of we have to, so, we have to yeah, speak that, that about... Be, I think that that would be interesting for... Yeah, maybe just a deep dive looking at how much money they spent and what the actual contribution was. Um but then again, yeah, we could probably do it for Everton as well. We could probably do it for Villa, who also spent quite a pretty penny and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I think but what what we're seeing now, like like both of you guys, I'd say it's like clubs are maybe a bit more shrewd now. And I think now there's less of that uncertainty that was hanging, like when you were deep into COVID, maybe, uh, yeah. like, like in that pandemic. I think clubs are like trying to recoup it now, but now there are other ways to actually recoup that money. So, they actually don't need to be so hard on those transfers, except boss. Obviously, boss are running weddings out of the new camp. You can hire the pitch <laughs> to play on anything to recoup so they can bring Messi back for one. But they're, one they're still dance. signing three agents, man. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Frank Kessier uh, signed Frank today. Finally, and Messi, yeah. Finally, Christensen. Christensen from yeah. Uh, yeah. Chelsea. That's why I'm, I'm very, I'm like, I'm very interested to see where they're going to get that 55 million from for Rafinha while they're waiting until the Frankie de Jong deal goes through possibly and then use possibly. that the, like part part of those funds for, for but Rafinha. They, they Rafinha. Also, uh, I think they were saying that they were interested in Bernardo Silva and like Man City want like a hundred and yeah. like also want to bring it down by 40 more <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm not even sure if Man City is gonna. I mean, Bernardo maybe for sixty might make sense. I, I don't think. Yeah, because it. look, Man City like Man City is gonna want to get like a, a a nice chunk of money for for him because he has one. I think one year left on his on his deal, so they're gonna try yeah. to to milk that deal like for all that it's worth. Um, and he's he's a good player. He's a great player. So 
like they like well within their rights to do that. Um, I mean, like <laughs> even though they they've already signed like Highland and Alvarez and yeah, Calvin Phillips as well. Um, like they they won the league. They they already a superstar team, but they're still adding more more players in. Like if we thought last year was going to be a blockbuster, was a blockbuster season. Like I don't even know, kind of know like how good the season's going to be or how how good the season can be. Um, uh, finally, before we we wrap up, um, how do you guys think Liverpool will fare with outside your money? Jason, yes. you'll, you'll yeah, be the bearer of bad news to Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, I mean, look, it's it's a large chunk of goals leaving that that side, right? Because Sadio Mane, when when things were down and teams put three or four men on Mo Salah, maybe Firmino's not doing what he needs to do, Jota, Mane was that big game player. If you look at all of their big games, you know, there was that quarterfinal against Bayern, there were those games against City, all of those things. Um, it's definitely going to be a bit of an adjustment. Um, but I think that was why they signed Luis Diaz. And I think Luis Diaz gave enough to actually say that maybe he could start to fold the shoes. I don't think that he will. And I think Salah's output might even drop a little bit. I'm, I'm putting just a little asterisk next to that. Um but yeah, it, it will be very interesting. And and also to find somebody that will now jowl with Robbo on that left-hand side because I think Mane Robbo had such a good understanding. And yeah, I think that is a that is a lovely headache for, for Klopp to have, something to solve. I, I almost feel like he, he enjoys solving those sort of conundrums, you know, trying to outthink the teams in, in that fashion. Um, so yeah, I think it will be interesting. I think they will do okay, but they will lose a little bit of output even from Salah now that uh, Mane is gone. If I'm not mistaken, I think Fabio Cavallo, he plays off the left unit as well. So mm. yeah. that's could, could another that, yeah. an interesting ingredient to throw into the mix. Mm. Rubin, what do you, do you have anything to say on Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a long time admirer of Sadio Mane. Um, yeah, when he left Southampton, I mean, I wanted him to come to United at the time, and I think there were there were talks, kind of. So um, I will tend to kind of disagree with you, Jason. I think I don't know the, the way I I see it is for me. I maybe off the field. Um, I don't think, or, or at least on the field, I don't think Mane and and, and Salah sort of got along. I think uh, Salah's very selfish player, as, as brilliant as he is. Um, the, I mean, I, I can't say I watch every single Liverpool game, but I watch quite a few of it. And and in in the games that I've seen, um, you know, there's, there's times where Salah can put money through and he just doesn't. He, he'd rather keep the ball and try and twist his way out of hmm. two or three defenders or run through two or three defenders. And yeah, and I, I think on the other end, money was sort of the unselfish one. Um, always trying to put in, put in uh, a player, whether it be you know over the top or through balls or so forth. So, um, in that aspect, yes, say I don't agree with that. I don't think uh, Salah sort of tapers off quite a bit. I think okay. his yeah. season continues. Uh, but in terms of the team as a whole, with, with Man not be, I think he will be sorely missed. Yeah. Um, but. 
I think Diaz is, is quite a good player. Um, I, I don't think it would, he would do it uh, game in, game out for the full season this season. It might take him another season to sort of fully adjust. But I think there is enough in the Liverpool squad to sort of uh, compensate on that left side. Um, like I said, Cavallo is the, uh, the signing of Nunes. I think he, he's, he could be versatile. Uh, um, playing as a nine or, or, or running running off a flank um, because that Liverpool uh, front three they, they do sort of interchange uh, yeah. during games. So I think there is enough in the squad in terms of the, uh, the quality they have just to sort of compensate this season for 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 Mane not not being there. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I guess next episode we can maybe do a bit of a deep dive into Liverpool if Nikita is available. But uh, today, that is all we have for you guys. That was episode 21 of 343. And just a reminder that if you are joining us for the first time, then please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SportyCast. And give this video a like and a share. Hit that subscribe button as, uh, at the bottom as well. It helps us a lot with regards to our YouTube algorithm. Uh, but uh, thanks, Mubin and Jason, for pulling through. Appreciate it as always. I'm A4343. See you guys in a bit. Cheers, man.